0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am honored to have back on the show, host, reporter, digital contributor for 95.7 The Game, John Dickinson, John, welcome back.
1: Tracy, thanks for having me. And I got a feeling we have a ton to get into here now, three weeks into this season.
0: We sure do. And this will air on Tuesday, where maybe you guys have had a little time to cool down after that Sunday night football debacle, or as I tweeted in football terms, an unmitigated disaster. However, I know everyone is very riled up and very worried and very upset and I do understand, but I think everybody has to take a very deep breath. In the words of Taylor Swift, who is not doing the halftime show, everyone needs to calm down. But there is a lot to talk about. We are three weeks into the season, even though, John, in some ways, it feels like we're eight to ten weeks into the season at this point. The 49ers have had a very rough go these last three three weeks, and I'm not even talking about their record and their play on Sunday night. They lose Elijah Mitchell week one. They lose Trey Lance for the season week two. Elijah Mitchell out basically two months and they lose Trent Williams for probably four to six weeks in week three. So it has been a very, very rough go, but I put it to Twitter. I asked for questions that people wanted answered on today's podcast and probably not surprising to you, John. Most of the questions were around Jimmy Garoppolo around Kyle Shanahan and if he's really suited to be the head coach. When will we see Brock Purdy? These are questions that came out on Twitter. I want to start by saying something that I would love your take on. But we have this thing going on on Twitter that Jimmy G is not the guy. He's going to ruin the Super Bowl window. All of these things, I don't necessarily agree with that second part. But at the end of the day, I think 49ers fans have to remember Trillians didn't get benched with the 49ers deciding they were going to pick Jimmy Garoppolo over him. Trillians is hurt and out for the season. So your options are Jimmy Garoppolo, who did go to an NFC championship game last year, who did go to a Super Bowl a couple of years ago, or Brock Purdy, who was the final pick in the 2022 NFL draft, is a rookie quarterback. I know people say, could it be worse? Yes, it could. It very much could be worse. You're also going on a pretty much one-game sample size right now of Jimmy Garoppolo in 2022. But I just want to say that to start the conversation because, again, it's not as if the 49ers made a conscious decision that we're benching Trey Lance and we're going with Jimmy Garoppolo. here. online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports esports and even golf bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting props and futures head to bet online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet use our promo code believe 50 to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts
1: I think you're right. It has been, I think, from the fan base, treated as if this was a choice. And Mm -hmm. if Trey Lance didn't get hurt against the Seahawks, he would have started the game against the Broncos. And we'd be evaluating him, I think, in, in a similar way. To that, we're evaluating Jimmy Garoppolo and and his performance. And look, we don't know. Maybe Trey Lance would have been better. Maybe Trey Lance would have been about the same. Maybe Trey Lance would have been worse. I know a lot of 49er fans are probably thinking, what are you talking about? How could it possibly be worse? It was still 18 for 29 for 211, a touchdown and an interception. I mean, it was was atrocious in the second half. And there was the fumble and thrown into double coverage, trying to force one into Debo on first down when you're trying to to, to win the game, the safety. I I mean, there were some brutal, brutal plays and I know Kyle Shanahan put the blame on, on Brendel, the center for the, for the exchange being messed up and and the fumble. and, And that's, that's fine. But your point is, is right on like this was not a choice. There was no competition. It wasn't Kyle chose Jimmy over Trey. He got hurt. It's awful for him. It's brutal for the 49ers because I think, The worst case scenario for a game like last night coming into the year, Tracy would have been Trey Lance, let's say doesn't play well. And the 49ers lose in similar fashion, but at least there's development of your young quarterback moving forward. There is a benefit in that, even in a poor performance or even a loss. I think there's a thought with Jimmy playing poorly is what are we doing this whole thing for? Like, it's just like, if if he can't get you over the hump and get you into the playoffs and winning games and close to a super bowl, then I do think a lot of 49er fans look at it as if it's just a complete waste of time. It's not though. A a complete waste of time would be if Jimmy Garoppolo was on the Carolina Panthers roster right now and Trey Lance had gotten hurt and Brock Purdy was going to start the rest of the year. That would be, uh Oh, can they get a top? uh, You you hope they don't get a top 10 pick again, because it's going to be, heading out (laughs) for the, Mm -hmm. for the Trey Lance payoff. So uh, I I think it could be a lot worse is probably the simplest way to put it as bad as it looks. And I don't know about you. I'm going to make a bold statement right here. And I know I've I've kind of been rambling here at the top a little bit, but a bold statement, I I still think the Chicago loss was a worse, was a worse loss than the Broncos loss.
0: Well, you know what? In some ways, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I think they're both, they are both—they were both so bad, but that Chicago loss was those 12 penalties, the two penalties on third down to extend those drives were really, really bad. So the thing is, had they not lost in Chicago and they lost last night, I think people still would be going crazy on Jimmy Garoppolo, but they're two and one and not one and two. But... I don't necessarily disagree with you. Both losses were self-inflicted wounds. I think what makes the Chicago loss kind of a tougher pill to swallow is that the defense played so stellar had it not been for the penalties, but of course that, that comes into play. And yesterday or Sunday night, the defense played so sell- stellar and it was the offensive ineptitude that lost the game. And you kind of hate for to see the defense beat itself you know, in that yeah. Chicago game. So I don't necessarily disagree with you. They're both really bad, but I don't necessarily disagree. I think it is kind of choosing between bad and bad and which one is worse. But the Chicago loss is pretty bad. I don't Sunday night was really bad. But I think the thing about Sunday night, and I know you can't do this, but if you take the safety out of it, is it as bad. You know, that's I think. It's the, the difference question.
1: in the game. I mean, that's. I mean, yeah. the, I mean, that's the toughest part about so it. Is not. the safety. So you
0: take the safety out, they win the game, and now it's like, well, Jimmy didn't care to play great, but the defense played well, and they could win in spite of him. But
1: right, and and so and, and it is interesting because the defense was dominant and more dominant last night than they were in Chicago because they did still have two breakdowns that that led to touchdowns in the Chicago game. Mm-hmm. So I think, and I know Fred Warner talked about this last night. It doesn't matter how dominant the defense is. We've got to be able to finish games. I'm not putting last night on them at all. I no. mean, that was Russell Wilson doing what he does against the 49ers. It was really the only drive of, of the game where they had legitimate action and they punched it in. But the story of last night was the 49ers should have had more points on the board than they did and maybe that touchdown late with the safety it's 20 to 11 and and denver's Mm -hmm. you know still you know two scores down and and unable to come back there are some similarities though in the two games the missed opportunities early and i think the one thing we could say and look garoppolo in the second half against denver was worse than Trey Lance in the second half against Chicago and, and for sure. And I think the weather had played a role in the second half in Chicago, but, but the one theme in both of these games is the Niners had action offensively and the quarterbacks played well offensively in the first half. And then as the game goes on, defense figures them out. They get a little bit more predictable. Shanahan you know, the play calls change, they miss opportunities. Then all of a sudden they wind up behind and at that point, you're asking both of the quarterbacks to go win you the game. And that's a tough, tough spot to put someone as inexperienced as Trey in and somebody that's been kind of a coin flip. I think over time, as far as, as when he's going to come through in, in some of those moments uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo.
0: And I think I'm not defending anything about Jimmy Garoppolo in Sunday night's game. Cause it was atrocious. I mean, it was a terrible, terrible performance. I don't think. I don't think Jimmy would would argue with that. It was a terrible performance, but I think there also is something to be said with the fact that, and I know people have made the argument. Jimmy, this is the Jimmy Garoppolo. This is the team he's had for five years. The offense he's been running for five years. But you know, he made the comment last night about getting into game shape, and there is something to that. There is a reason they have OTAs. There is a reason they have training camp. It makes me think back to 2020 when they didn't have that, and training camp started late, and teams were off to slow starts, and people were getting injured left and right. You know, the first couple weeks of the season. There's a reason they have these things. He wasn't a part of any of it. So there's something to be said for that. I'm not excusing any of it. I'm not defending any of it. I just think if he plays this badly the next three games, that's one thing. He played terribly on Sunday night. That is, I I think, at the moment, you see what comes out. I know people say, well, the NFC Championship game was kind of a disaster, but he also was hurt. So it's a little bit of a tough conversation.
1: And, and they also had a lead in that NFC championship game, yes, a, they did. a bigger lead than the lead that they had last night. And, and so the thing that I keep coming back to, as far as it, I, I didn't love the, the post game comments from Garoppolo, I, I did yeah. I didn't love the, cause last week it was like riding a bike and, right. and it was just so smooth and, and I know difference between playing Seattle and Denver in a hostile environment, and and the, I thought the crowd last night was excellent, and that's an underrated. Like this was not a gimme game for me. Like coming in, no, like I, I thought this was a, a coin flip game. The Broncos have a very good defense. It, it was an electric atmosphere. It's a night game. You'd figure you'd be more, you'd be better prepped for it with a more veteran quarterback. It it really didn't turn out to be the case, uh, especially in in the second half. But the the thing that I keep coming back to is it's just the fact that it's one or two plays and it, right. it it's, you, you got to hit Debo Samuel when, when he's flying down the, you know, down the sideline on a wheel route and he's wide open and he's waving at you to like, if you hit any one of those plays, you're, you're comfortably ahead. So the inability right. to, to do that is, is the struggle. I, I, to come back to the comments though, because I think that's, that's really where I, to me, I thought there was a little bit too much of the excuse game going on last night from, from a, a 10 year vet to be, to be honest. I mean, it was, it was a lot it of, it was a,
0: and it was unlike him to be honest. No, it, it, it doesn't wasn't. Look, you know,
1: and what have you noticed? And I, I'll, I'll I will kind of throw it back to you in this way. Like I've noticed a little bit more of a, I I've put it as DGAF Garoppolo. Like he's got a little bit of a, yeah, you know what? Let's, let's make it like 2017. You know what? It's like riding a bike. Oh, you know what? I'm not in a rhythm because I didn't get the practice because y'all moved on from me. Not my fault. Uh, The play call. I I mean, you were, you were in the, the press conference just as I was. I mean, he, he was, I thought, really upset and thought hey that's that's the coach's fault like that play should not have been called it made me look silly like there was just a there was an undertone of hey not my problem which last week to me if you're going to absorb a lot of the praise which he mm-hmm. did, you can't have it both ways. So of all of the things demeanor. And I know there was a big deal about him smiling and, and all of this after the game that forget about that in my book, but I didn't love the blame game last night. I thought there was a little too much of, Hey, Hey, <laughs> not on me.
0: You know, it's interesting. I, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't call it DJ a DGAF <laughs> low, but I do think there is a little bit of this, you know, this is, this is, it's a tough situation. You know, this is a situation where last season they make the trade obviously to, to draft trade Lance. And basically that, you know, for a variety of reasons, the big one, of course, being health, which is now the great irony of the whole thing. But, the great One of the biggest ones being health. And there are, of course, other reasons, reasons we did see on Sunday night, reasons we've seen, you know, multiple games, why they wanted to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. And he handled it perfectly. I mean, he really did. Last season, he handled it absolutely perfectly. And that it was very clear they were going to trade him. Were they going to release him? And I do think there probably is a little bit of, and I could be wrong. This is total speculation, but kind of going at what you're saying and what we saw last night, there could be a little bit of like, I'm not taking it all anymore. I'm done taking all the blame because I don't care what these guys say. They are human. And as a human, you just can't get ripped apart every day on social media, like for your entire career and have it not affect you. You just can't. And maybe you can, when the team is winning and everyone's behind you and you're for sure QB one. And, We're behind Jimmy and all of the things, but there, there did feel a little bit more like a little bit more of, I'm not standing up here and taking every bit of this blame week after week when things go wrong, because that happens to quarterbacks in this league, but it's not all my fault. And he's right. It's not, if that is the case, he's right. It isn't all his fault. It was, I just, it was a little bit different than I think he's been in the past in the past, I think there has been a lot more of it It starts with, you know, me and I'm the quarterback. And and there was definitely a little bit, a little bit more of that last night. And it could have been just that human nature of, you know what you guys, you guys have put me in a bad position. You guys kind of put me in a bad position all off season. I'm here because you didn't want me to go to the Seahawks or the Rams. So I'm what you got. And it's not all my fault. Yeah. I don't know if I rambled there, but there's, you know,
1: it's a great point. I mean, I think, I think it's, it's excellently put and it's, Hey, you didn't want me. And then you wound mm-hmm. up stuck with me and, and now you want to blame me, but you didn't want me. Like I'm, I'm in it. Like I, I could see Jimmy looking at it as well. I'm saving your behind. Like I'm saving this whole season from being in complete shambles right now, just by being here and giving us a chance to win 10, 11 games. Mm-hmm. And look, that means that, five or six games are going to be losses and they may be ugly losses like, like last night, but don't, don't immediately make me the, you know, public enemy number one, when you didn't want me.
0: Right. And I think that, that there was a little bit, maybe there was a little bit more of that. And I think that may be also the reason he said, and part of it of course was the injury. I mean, he, no matter if they did want him, And he was always going to be the starting quarterback. If he had shoulder surgery, he was never going to have OTAs. And he wasn't going to have a full training camp. But I do think there was, there could have been a little bit of just a little like needling, if you will, of I didn't have OTAs. I didn't have any training camp. I was here. I was throwing, but I didn't have any training camp. And whose fault is that? Not mine. And I'm not saying he was saying that, but I wouldn't from a human nature perspective, I wouldn't blame him entirely if he was.
1: Well, and these are the kinds of things that, you know, you, something you can un, try to unring a bell and and say, Hey, we're, we're, we have this great culture, which I think the 49ers pride themselves in, in that, uh, the, the a culture that can handle this particular situation. They, they think they have it. Jimmy's a pro, but at the same time, there, there still are little fractures and little like things that have happened now, not little things. I mean, these are big things, (laughs) drafting Trey Mm -hmm. Lance and, and, you know, him not being a part of anything that was going on as, as you mentioned. And so those things are always there. Like you can hide behind your professionalism and, and make it through because you are professional both ways. And I think all parties involved do get credit for that, but the angst is beneath the surface. Uh, And, and so when things don't go well, the question becomes, does it bubble up to the forefront? And I think there was a little bit of a, of a bubbling toward the forefront. And, and I, I think Kyle Shanahan's even going back to the, the Friday press conference and, and even on the uh, conference call today, and I can't remember the question but there, it was it, it was you know, the Shanahan's answer was, well, if he said that and it goes back to Friday about like he reporters are relaying things, it, reporters mm-hmm. are relaying things that Jimmy is saying to reporters to Kyle. And I think that's where Kyle I, there have been a couple of times where I've thought Kyle really is not paying attention to this because he's used to it being no big deal and everything being cool with Jimmy. But I think at the same time, Kyle's also realizing as the reporters are relaying some of the things Jimmy said, like maybe he is having a little bit more of an attitude and it feels like he's been unsettled by that. And almost to the point of, Hey, I didn't expect him to be saying some of the things that I hear he's saying.
0: Well, and, and, you know, I think we saw last season a little more of, of, spiciness from Jimmy Garoppolo. Every so often he was swearing in a press conference. You've got to see like a little more of the personality. And this season we're seeing maybe it, there's a little more edge to Jimmy Garoppolo. I'll tell you whose press conference I found very interesting on Sunday night. That was George Kittles. George Kittle said multiple times in his maybe four to five minute press conference, three turnovers. It's a safety. We're one for 10 on third down that's the game but the underlying there is it's the quarterback and I don't know if that, that's what he meant I'm not saying that he was trying to send subliminally like it's the quarterback because George Kittle isn't like that and I think I don't think the team necessarily feels like that but if you those things that he pointed out other than the one Jeff Wilson fumble those are they're all the quarterback and so I found that to be kind of interesting. And like I said, I don't think he was coming out there trying to send a subliminal message, but the things he said are the quarterback.
1: No, and I think he he looks around and I think we all do, but I think the players do, especially the the headliner type players, whether it's Kittle or Debo Samuel or even uh, Iuke and, and Garoppolo. I think they all look around and and think, hey, there's, I'll put check in there. Like there's too much talent In the in the skill positions to have it be as bad as it was, like it's just it's yeah, it cost him a game, but it's like okay, yeah, weren't on the same page. Kittle just came back. Running backs are kind of a mess, but you still got Debo, you still got Kittle, you still got Garoppolo, who should have a some semblance of chemistry with with those players. You know, Iuk is. we're all waiting for Iuk to, to make the jump that hasn't necessarily happened yet in the, in the three games, plenty of time for it to happen, but it's just, to me, it's the frustration of there's too much talent for it to be 10 points in two of
0: these three games. And I think another interesting comment was, you know, Jimmy made a comment of how he has to get, he talked a lot about rhythm and getting connected again to the players. And, you know, Kittle said, I didn't feel a disconnect. I just thought I found Kittle's press conference to be maybe more interesting interesting than anybody else's just because, you know, he has more of a tendency to kind of put, not blame, but everybody gets some of it, you know, like he'll talk about the team as a whole. It just was a little bit unusual. It felt a little bit different to me. And he did multiple times in his short press conference, say those, you know, safety turnovers and, third down ineptitude. He didn't say third down ineptitude. I'm saying that,
1: but sure. I think, no, I think (laughs) it's interesting because it's, it's a unit, like so much of the 49ers ability to make this thing work. Tracy is their ability to stay together. It's the ability to not turn on each other is probably the strongest way to put it. But, but if Jimmy isn't quite as connected to Kyle and George is maybe not quite as connected to Jimmy as he's been in the past or annoyed at the, at the process of this whole situation where he was gone and it was going to be Trey and then he wasn't gone. And then Trey gets hurt. Like it, it's a lot of bells to unring. It, It really is. And the whole season is dependent on none of the issues, the personality issues that have come up, because of the way all of this is played out that can't seep onto the field. And I think the one thing that would make it seep onto the field is not winning. And that's where I think the 49ers are in a little bit of a danger zone. And it's not even not winning, but it's not winning and the offense playing as atrociously as they've played in in two of the three games. So it's, it's, it's something to keep an eye on. And I think you're spot on with, with Kittle's comments it, but it, it, but it all is interconnected to where, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and even the defense, you know, uh, does there come a point where the defense starts looking around and and Fred Warner was Mr. Team guy, Mr. Team spokesman. Hey, it's on us. Mm -hmm. We got to get another stop. Awesome. You know, keep it up all of that. But at, at some point, if the offense doesn't start carrying its end, the defense gets upset. And then there's friction between the, the you know, both sides of the ball, which we've seen happen with other teams. So there is a delicate calculus right now with the dynamics of on the field, but all the circumstances that that I think in some ways the 49ers as an organization. <sighs> I'll say it. I think maybe they were a little bit arrogant to think that feelings weren't mm-hmm. going to pop back into this thing. Uh, it, 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 you know, like, yeah, I everything's mean, just going to be fine.
0: Well, I don't disagree with that. I have a few things to say there. First of all, another thing I just thought of that Kittle said that I wanted to point out when he said, I didn't feel a disconnect. And he said, my last game I played in was with Jimmy Garoppolo in the NFC Championship game. I've been gone the first two games. So to me, there's not been a disconnect. Obviously, there wasn't the training camp and OTAs and all of that. But still, I think those. That was interesting. You bring up a very good point about the defense. And I think that could happen sooner rather than later because you could say that you have a stellar defense that could carry you if the offense just does its job, even on the most basic level. But the offense has had two, like you said, pretty atrocious games. And so I do think there comes a point, and like I said, maybe sooner rather than later, where there does start to become, you know, well, why is... You know, there does start to be friction, especially because I think I think it is unfair to look at the defense from Sunday night. And and you and I are very much in agreement on this and put any of the blame on them because it was one touchdown drive. And at the end of the day, if the defense is on the field the majority of the game because the offense can't get anything going, that's what do you expect from them in the final minutes of the fourth quarter when Russell Wilson remembers he's Russell Wilson? And pulls the magic out of his hat. And that is, of course, what makes him such, such a special quarterback. But if the defense has been playing out of their minds all game and been on the field so much of the game, at a certain point, it does break down. Because, you know, they, they're just exhausted. And to your point, uh, the 49ers have been up 20 to 11. It really wouldn't have mattered. So that becomes a whole other thing too, but I don't think this friction thing is not something or that it may not be something. And I agree with you. I think there was a little bit of arrogance because of how well it was handled last season. I think also maybe they didn't expect that they were going to lose Trey Lance for the season. I think Jimmy was an insurance policy. Trey got hurt. He missed a couple games here. He missed a couple games there. They had Jimmy Garoppolo, but it is different when you now are losing him for the season. And I think back even to when they restructured the contract and, you know, they said Kyle Shanahan had a meeting without about 15 49ers players to talk about it. That says so much to me because really how often does that happen? But for him to take fifteen players to sit down and talk about it and give their reasons and all of that, that's says a lot to me. And I, I just, am going to, Not toot my own horn here, but I'm going to say that I've been saying this entire offseason that I thought it would be a detriment to this team and to Jimmy Garoppolo to have him here or to have him stay in Santa Clara. And I definitely stand by that. Even if they continue, they start winning, which I do think they will, and they make it to the playoffs and all of the things. I think that there will be fractures and situations with feelings because we are dealing with human beings that may or may not be able to be prepared.
1: If, if they lose, it, it comes apart because they're losing. You could also make the case that if they win, it creates a future divide because the plan is still for Trey Lance to be the quarterback, at least right now, in 2023. Mm-hmm. So if you win and go far, and look, it's a nice problem to have, but if you win and you go far, then how do you then go back to Trey Lance for next year? And, and you totally can do that, but you would be more likely, I think, at that point next year to have some of the locker room questioning why you went back to it if you just won a ton of games with Jimmy Garoppolo again. Now, the fan base would view it differently, I think, because a lot of the fan base is just out on Jimmy Garoppolo, but the locker room dynamics are different than, than obviously the fan dynamics.
0: Yes, and at the end of the day, and no offense to the fans, the locker room dynamics are what are going to make the difference between winning and losing. And that's what makes up a football team. So they need
1: a win those, Tracy. That's what this is. They, they need a win. They need, to win. The, they need they a win. Need Cause to the win. more, the more you lose it, it the more it, it festers and you don't want this thing to get, to get off the rails and Hey, the world champs are coming to Levi's a week from week from Monday.
0: A week from Monday. So I think that, you know, brings up, I mean, let's talk about that in a minute. There's one other thing I want to talk about before we get to kind of looking ahead a little bit. And that is an issue that has been an issue for this team for the last several years, and especially going back to the Super Bowl. They do have problems putting a game away. And that is, and I'm not putting anything from Sunday night on the defense. I refuse. I absolutely refuse to be part of that conversation. So I'm not putting anything from them, you know, anything on the defense for Sunday night. But you have, over the years, this team has big leads, but should that should be bigger and they end up losing big games. So that brings me to the, the other question that came on Twitter is Kyle Shanahan, the man for the job. I will start full disclosure. I do think Kyle Shanahan is the man for the job and I don't know who on earth they would find that would be better. So I'm going to stay with that right now, but I would love to hear your thoughts because this is a theme. I mean, the, the loss on Sunday and the loss in Chicago we're about as on brand for those, these 49ers as you could possibly.
1: It's a unique existence that, that Kyle Shanahan lives in. And it's, it's the under 500 record overall in, in his time now, what? Sixth, sixth season now. Uh, so under 500 record, but also playoff success. And, and again, I know, oh, if you don't win the super bowl, it's not, you know, it's a failure, right? Like a lot, a lot of fans do subscribe to that theory. They're four and two in the playoffs under Kyle Shanahan. It, it is really hard to be mm-hmm. above 500 in the playoffs and without winning and a those super two
0: losses are <laughs> pretty big games. So no, they're huge I mean, games. And I'm saying that as a, and I, but I'm saying that as a positive, like once you get to the super bowl, only one team gets to win. So I would say it'd be worse if they were losing like in the wild card round. I think yeah. the fact that they've lost the our super bowl and it's championship game I consider that an incredible incredible record. It, Sorry, I didn't mean to
1: interrupt you. No, it's just it if it is really difficult to have an above five hundred playoff record for a quarterback, for a coach, when you don't win a Super Bowl. That that actually means you're doing mm-hmm. something right because you're winning a lot of playoff games because 'cause you're always losing. If you don't win the Super Bowl, you're always taking an L somewhere. So if right. you're taking an L early, you're it's it's next to impossible to you know, it's impossible to have yeah. an above five hundred record. So that's actually a, a credit. So so Shannon's got the the four and two playoff record, which is really good. But then he's got two collapses in in the two losses, and he's mm-hmm. also got which fair or unfair he does have the collapse, not a niner collapse, but he does own some of the collapse in the Super Bowl that that we both covered the random Houston Super Bowl that we both covered. I know you're at all the Super Bowls, but I, I I was randomly covering that Super Bowl uh, where the, I was I
0: was actually the Super Bowl more as a fan. That was Super why I was there as a fan, which I have to say from a fan perspective. What a game, incredible, just a- incredible, incredible game. game.
1: And, no, I was, do think from the, yeah.
0: it was, oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: No, no, go, no, go ahead. I just, it kind of took me down memory lane a little bit of how bizarre that week was, but yeah, Kyle was there for that one too.
0: He was, but I think, I always think from the 49ers fans perspective, I think it is a, uh, I don't want to say mistake, maybe a misstep to look at that and lump it in. Because if I'm a 49ers fan, I'm thinking, well, there was quite a learning experience and it wasn't on my watch. Not that it's any of it's on the partner's <laughs> watch, but you know what I'm saying? So I think that there's, you could take that, that situation and more say it becomes a benefit for him as a head coach. Cause what a learning experience it was. Now I understand that everybody would say to me, yeah, but he hasn't learned from it because they keep losing in big games, but it's hard to win those games. And I think with, you know, with the NFC Championship game, you're a Jaworski tart holding onto the ball, interception away from going back to the Super Bowl. So, you know, these things become tough. And the thing about the NFL and about football that also becomes tough is like you—we're going back to what we said about the safety and how that was the difference in the game. It's one or two plays, and it's so interesting because had the safety happen and he hadn't thrown the interception, or they had another touchdown. It would have been funny and they would have been like, did you see Dan Orlovsky's tweet? And everybody would have laughed about it, but the 49ers won and they're two and one and the Rams are coming to town. But that didn't happen. So it's a completely different conversation. Joe Kwaski-Tarts holds on to the interception. They've now gone to the Super Bowl twice in three years. He really is the offensive genius. You know, it's just, it's just such a tough sport in that way. And I know that's why they get paid what they get paid and that good teams can overcome it and the best teams can overcome it. But these it's, it's a game of interest. I'm just going to cliche it. It's a game of
1: inches. It is, and it it leads back into just w- what a strange resume, in the sense that Kyle mm-hmm. Shanahan has, because he's had the the two years where he's for the most part had a healthy quarterback in, in Garoppolo, and they've won and and made it to the Super Bowl in the NFC Championship game, and then there's the two years that were basically wrecked by injuries, injuries slash COVID protocol stuff in, in 2020 when when they got kicked out of the state for the for the mm-hmm. end of that year i mean that's not that's nothing and then no, it's not and then the first year was just the 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 deconstruction i think of of the previous regimes and and trying to build culture and all of that. And they were one in 10 and then Jimmy comes in. And so, so nobody was really saying that that was a, like, like nobody cared that they were one in 10 or even, or or, or six in 10, however you want to put it in that first mm-hmm. year. So that's kind of a wash. And then you can explain away the two losing seasons with injuries, injuries slash COVID. And then they've been really successful the other two years. So it, it's, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're one of those that want to say, well, but he's under 500 and he can't win big games. You can, you can say that, but if you also want to say, well, there's been two years that have been wrecked by those reasons that we just mentioned, and he's won four playoff games, you could, you could look at it a, a, as a positive as well. So right man for the job. I think the answer to that is still yes. The other thing that gets to get into that NFC, there, there's two things that I think extend the timeline for Shanahan here. One is getting to this NFC championship game, getting to the playoffs. First of all, I mean, we'd be having a completely different conversation today, if they don't win week 18 in LA and they, Uh because then the Super Bowl year is the outlier and it's the only outlier, you know, then it's, then it's almost like the, the San Francisco giants winning 107 games. Well, the other years it hasn't been good, but that one year, everything like that becomes the outlier year. Right. And, Mm -hmm. And, but when, but when you make the playoffs, then Kyle can say, well, I've made it's two of two of the five years I've made it. And the two years where I've had a healthy quarterback, we've made it and made a run in, in both of, in both of those years. So that extends, you know, that made last year go from a complete and utter failure to really a, a wildly successful season by the time that it was all said and done. And they, and they did lose the NFC championship game as, as heartbreaking as that was for them. And, and as it was for the fan base, to lose and lose in that fashion and see the Rams go on and, and win the Super Bowl. But you come back to the fact that now going into this year, you're feeling, you know, that in essence buys him a year. And I feel like Trey Lance now being the quarterback buys him a year we can say same year 2022, but it's almost this year without any, not pressure or pressure to win. You need to win, but, but this year you come into it with expectations high and everybody's feeling good. So it's almost, it would have to go bad this year and then go bad next year before I think there's really any legitimate question from the organization standpoint as to well, you know, is he the right, right person for the job at that point? So, and and now the Trey Lance injury compounds that because we really don't know who or what Trey Lance is, as a quarterback. So we're not going to like, to me, it's almost this year would have to go off the rails. You don't make the playoffs. And then next year we look up in November, December, and it's like, Oh, like, maybe Trey Lance isn't a franchise quarterback and this doesn't look good. And this was the guy that he drafted and moved up and gave up all the picks for like at that point, but we're still a year plus deep into next year. I think from that type of heat being on Kyle Shanahan.
0: Well, and my only disagreement on that is I even think we're more than a year plus we're two years because all, because now there's another year Trey Lance has to develop. 'Cause I never felt like at the end of this year we'd really know who Trey Lance was. I always felt like personally that the end of this year, what you'd want to see was improvement from week one to week eighteen. That was the that's what you would need to see because we wouldn't really know who Trey Lance was for two or three seasons. So I kind of now think that of next year, you gotta see improvement, but he has to develop all over again. Right. And he'll be coming off a pretty serious injury. So I actually think Kyle Shanahan has a little more leeway or runway time. On that, I would say if this year goes off the rails, I don't think within the organization, but I do think the pressure starts mounting. Because if this year goes off the rails with basically his vet his veteran quarterback who knows the offense and they play like they did on Sunday night, I think this year actually gives him more pressure now. Because now he's got Jimmy. Because before you you know, before it was like, Well, he's a new quarterback and he's developing and all of that, but now you've got Jimmy. So we'll see. But this does lead well into coming up next for the San Francisco 49ers. And I'll be previewing the game much more later this week. But coming up next, the Los Angeles Rams, who aren't exactly lighting the world on fire either, uh, come to Levi Stadium for Monday Night Football. So, congratulations, America. You get two weeks of primetime football with the 49ers that you saw Sunday night. So, Hopefully it'll be better, but the Rams are coming to town. I know there was talk that, you know, last year it was the Rams game that turned things around We're much earlier in the season, but this Rams game becomes important because this is a home game. Then they go to Charlotte to play the Carolina Panthers. They spend a week in West Virginia practicing and they go to Atlanta. So they kind of have a lot going on these next two weeks and I, if I'm the 49ers, I do not want to embark on that long road trip at one and three with an inept offense. That doesn't sound fun.
1: No. And, and the, and the pressure mounting and, and, and we'll see what happens because th- there is still, and yeah, they didn't win the NFC championship game, but I, I think there is still a confidence level that the 49ers have with the Rams, the Rams in that, you know, they probably look at the Rams still to this day and think we were the better we were the better team, they shouldn't have won that game in the championship game and and therefore shouldn't have won the Super Bowl. And they have had the regular season success that they've had against him the, the six consecutive games over the last three years. And Garoppolo, a big part of that five, of, five of those six games. And there is a similar vibe, I think, although much earlier in the season to Monday night and people are really down on the team and, and they <laughs> need something to 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 write the ship a little bit this is almost the, the this is the first I think fork in the road moment because you can hang your hat on the fact that you've played the Rams well and beaten them more than you haven't over these last couple of years right up until you don't right like right mm-hmm. up until yeah. I, so if you play poorly in that game then it's like well what are you holding on to at that at, at that point and I think it it, it it to me it's really more about, can they hold their mud if they don't win that game? Because that's it. And I, I almost look at it as the next three games in, in a sense, because Atlanta, I know they won at Seattle, got their first win. Carolina and Atlanta are the two games that you have to get, especially if you're one in three, you have to get. And I'll say, I mean, you know, bad teams on the road. Those have been the kind of games that the 49ers have they been lose. able to win with Jimmy Garoppolo. But they've,
0: yes, but they've landed, but those are the games. I wouldn't say that Broncos are a bad team by any means,
1: but I don't think they are. This I actually is, don't think they no, are. I think they're trying to figure no, no, it out. I don't off, think, yeah, oh, sorry, go ahead. no, no, I just, they're, they, they've been really bad offensively and they're trying to figure some things out. I, I think the Broncos, I, I don't think the, I think they have an elite defense, maybe elites a little strong. I think they have a very good defense. Uh, I'll leave, I'll leave it at that. I, I I know it looks bad because we all had the, maybe had the perception that the Broncos were going to look a lot better than they did. But I think the Broncos will end up being a good team.
0: But, and I think I, what I was saying was that you have the bears who are a bad team that they lost the road. Because this is the other thing the 49ers do. The 49ers love to play down to the level of their competition. True. Here's my prediction. They will win on Monday night Mm. and then they will lose one or both of those road games. (laughs) Okay, this is how they operate. They will. They I do think they'll win on Monday night. I not based on anything that I've seen. I just think that they will win on Monday night, except the defense. So I'll say, you know, based on that, and yes, Garoppolo's had a lot of success against the Rams, but. Then they will go on the road and, you know, maybe they win both those games, but I just would not be surprised. They win Monday night and then they lose one or both of those games because they just This is, they do play down to the level of their competition. They let teams hang around and then the teams ultimately beat them. So you had a Chicago team that is not a good football team and you have no matter, I I think they did win net uh, on Sunday. So I believe that they do have two wins. So they have that going for them, but I think you could look at the team and say like, this is not like a great football team and the Broncos, I don't think certainly are not a bad team. I agree with you. I think they have a great defense. Their offense has been struggling. Their coach has been struggling but that it wasn't a gimme game but it's a game they should have won. I, this team should for sure be 3 and 0, 2 and 1 at least, 3 and 0, but they're not. So, it'll just be kind of interesting to see, but you know, when we talk about them having confidence against the Rams at this point, they they should have the confidence that they can win football games, but no opponent should seem to them like we got this. They can, they cannot afford that mentality. No. So I, think that, I also think that mentality hurt them in Chicago. I know there was a monsoon, but both teams had to play in it. I think, but I do think that mentality hurt them in Chicago. And I think that mentality hurt them on Sunday. And I think we saw that mentality hurt them last season all the time. And I know this team loves adversity and coming from behind and, but it does take its toll. And I think under all of the circumstances that we've discussed, I don't know that that works this season if they don't start winning fast.
1: I think the, the playing to the level of the competition and also the difficulty holding leads go a little bit hand in hand in the sense Mm -hmm. that you, you're trying, you know, you get a little, you you sit on the lead a little bit, you get a little Mm -hmm. conservative because you think you can, you're, you think you're destined to win as long as you don't mess it up. And so you play a little bit more conservatively and you don't build the lead up the the way you need to build it. I think a little, I I think that's somewhat why the games against the lesser opponents end up being a little bit closer than than Mm -hmm. expected. Like, I don't think the Niners look down at opponents. It's weird. I, I don't think they overlook opponents, but they do tend to, when things go well, just all right we've got enough let's just not do anything to screw it up <laughs> and
0: and that's not a good month.
1: <laughs> well and then and then all it takes is one play and we saw that in the bears game it's one play that justin fields makes and he hits dante pettis and because the game was close because you played it conservatively and i think they, they played that game conservatively in part because of the weather but now the game's close and the the lesser opponent has life and belief. Mm -hmm. And, and then, and then you're in it. And I think at times it's hard to get ramped back. Like it's hard to go conservative and then flip the switch and say, you're going to get aggressive. And I think the 49ers have tried to do that a little bit because they had to, they got down against the bears and they had to, when they got down last night. And then that's when it, that's when, your quarterbacks throw interceptions and mm-hmm. and you wind up you wind up losing games
0: that's 100 percent true and that's and that's why i described the sunday night loss as the most on-brand loss for the 49ers you could possibly have
1: well, especially it's with especially, russell wilson there right
0: especially with russell absolutely <laughs> and that's the thing that like you know they talked about and i also think there's something to be said in this maybe we getting getting too analytical and then I will let you go because I know you do have to travel back today. I got back first thing Monday morning. John is still in Denver. Uh, But, you know, I think they talked about how they talked about all week and we can't let Russell... And I almost wonder if that becomes tough, too. Like, I don't want to psychoanalyze, but now you got it in your head. Here we go again. And we've held them this long, and there could be something to be said for that, too. But more than anything, I think it was on brand. Of course, there's the Russell Wilson factor, but because of all the things that you just talked about, which was the same with the Chicago game. That was a game that had the chance to be a trap game. And it was a trap game. But at this point they're on to LA. Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback. For those of you that asked me on Twitter, is it Brock Purdy time? Absolutely not. (laughs) I, I know that you guys think it can't be worse. And this is not a knock on Brock Purdy, but again, this is a rookie quarterback. That's been there five minutes who they've seen something in and he may end up being great one day, but he was, they, he's been there five minutes. <laughs> he is a rookie versus the veteran who did go to an NFC Championship game last year. So I think everybody needs to take a breath on that one.
1: Everybody loves the backup quarterback, go. Tracy. You know that. Every, Every, it's
0: the most popular position no, in football.
1: Nobody liked Jimmy Garoppolo until he became the backup quarterback. Then everybody loved him, and then he became the starter, mm-hmm. and then nobody liked him anymore.
0: <laughs> yep, that's true. Same with Trey Lance. Everybody loved him when he was the backup. Then he became the starter. They made a mistake. They were, I mean, the man had played five minutes of football <laughs> I and mean, they were wrong. And it just, it's, it really is kind of unbelievable. But it, it's week three. And now I think you see how do they respond on Monday night and how they play on Monday night. Even if they don't win, how they play is going to be of the utmost importance. But I'm going to go ahead and say, I think they're going to win that game. It's just very them. They'll
1: win that game. Then they'll lose to Carolina. I'm going to give you a bold prediction. And I'm, I'm not, I'm a little leery of the Rams game, just given, Mm -hmm. given what we've seen. And I, and I do kind of feel like, well, they're asking to go to that Rams. Well, one more time, like where, where you, where they, they shouldn't win right going into it, but then they do. So I'm, I'm going to hold off, but I'll say this. If they, I'm going to, I'm going to just put my name on it right now. And we can revisit this the next time we chat if they win the Rams game, they're they're winning, they're running the table. That's where I'm going to, I'll, I'll, I'll
0: like not losing again this season. No,
1: Well, no, on the next three, I was going to say on the next oh, three. On the,
0: okay. I was like, well, wow, that is a bold prediction. I got, but I I like. got caught
1: mid thought because I was going to make a friendly <laughs> wager with you. I was going to, I was going to, I was going to say, cause I know we, I think we disagree on the Atlanta, on the Atlanta, uh, Charlotte, uh, part of that Charlotte first than Atlanta. But it, it, if they, if they win Monday night, I've got them three and O oh in, in the next, in the next three games, starting, starting on, on Monday night.
0: All right. So we'll see which one of us is correct.
1: Name terms.
0: Um, <laughs> let's think about that. Yeah. What, what, you, what should, what should it be? Social media, like Instagram story talking about how the other person is so smart.
1: No, 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 no. <laughs> we can,
0: we can figure that.
1: We can figure that out another time. We can figure out the terms at, between we'll now be, and Monday night.
0: All right, we'll figure out the terms. John, thank you so much for joining me today. This was super fun.
1: Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure.
0: Absolutely. And if you guys like what you heard, and I know you did, please make sure to follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. Leave us a five-star review. We are brought to you by Bet Online. And with that, talk to you later this week, and we'll preview the Rams game. Bye, all.